Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. And welcome back to a special Saturday edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Today, very simple topic. How to fix Joe Biden's border crisis. As Joe Biden claims that there isn't a border crisis, he says it's actually getting better. Meanwhile, he is also claiming that in the next three days, he will shut down the detention centers. And apparently also abolish ICE. We'll see. Apparently it's going to be a busy three days to abolish an entire agency established by law. We covered this on the podcast yesterday, but it's been something that's really been been getting at me. So I wanted to devote today to the border crisis. Obviously, I live in Texas. I experienced this. Not I'm not I'm not in a border town, right? But when I go to Home Depot, Lowe's, it is noticeable how many more, let's just call them migrants, let's be nice, we, I don't know their immigration status, but it is noticeable just how many more migrants they are, there are waiting for work early in the morning, and it's just been since Biden took office. So we've talked on the show in the past about all the different situations with uh, infections, COVID infections at border towns that only seem to spike up right after ICE drops off a whole batch of illegal aliens with their catch and release program. So we're definitely feeling it here in Texas. And and a lot of towns, cities, counties have actually declared states of emergency over it. Joe Biden, not only does he say it's not a crisis, he says it's getting better, which that's news to me. I don't see it getting better, at least from my vantage point. Maybe it is. Who knows? Well, actually, we know it's not getting better. I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. So today we're going to be talking about how to fix the crisis because it, it, it is fixable. We just have a president who doesn't want to fix it. And we have a Democrat party who doesn't want to fix it. And a Republican establishment that doesn't want to fix it. But it is very fixable. So why are we talking about this? We played this on the podcast yesterday, but here is the clip. Joe Biden getting heckled by a leftist protester at his 100-day rally. First of all, let's just point out Every single car in that parking lot is all the same make and model of pickup truck. This is not an organic thing. Those trucks are probably paid for, rented by the campaign. Because there's no way Joe Biden has organic supporters all coming in the same make and model of brand new pickup trucks. But, I mean, if, if they're willing to pay for the cars, you also have to suspect they might be also be willing to pay for the, the supporters. I mean, are they real? I don't know. The trucks aren't organic. Can you say the protesters are? Here is that moment during Joe Biden's rally where a protester heckles him, demands that he defund, not not defund, just shut down immigration detention centers and abolish ICE. And here is his response. I agree with you. I'm working on it, man. Give me another five days. 
Abolish ICE. Shut down detention centers. I'm working on it, man. Give me another five days. Now, does Joe, did Joe Biden hear what he was saying? I don't know. Maybe he only heard the part about the detention centers. Maybe there's an executive order on its way that we don't know about. The abolish ICE bit, obviously, that's what they were shouting. One guy was shouting, shut down detention centers. The other one very loudly saying, shut down ICE, abolish ICE. And he says, we're working on it. So that's going to be a little harder to do because ICE is an agency that is enacted and created by statute. But who knows? He's the potatoes. Potatoes does what he wants, doesn't he? So that was the first one. This one, we played another part of this interview with, with the extreme social distancing. Again, this is not recommended by the CDC to, to be that far apart. The CDC does not say that is necessary. But Joe Biden, fully vaccinated. At least it's better than Kamala Harris, completely on the other side of the room. Here's Joe Biden being asked about the border crisis. And the interviewer, to his credit, lays out the facts that this is the worst border crisis we've ever seen. Joe Biden, right to his face, just lies and says it's getting better. But in April alone, Mr. President, 170,000 people, migrants, apprehended at the border. It's a 20-year record. There are 22,000 unaccompanied children in our country right now. That's a, that, that's a record. That sounds to most folks like a crisis. Well, look, it's way down now. We've now gotten control. For example, it's just a lie. He's just lying. Like, again, to his credit, interviewer says April, worst month in 20 years. And this interview was conducted during in April. And Joe Biden's like, oh, no, it's getting better. Well, no, it's not. It's not. It, it is getting worse. He just gave you the April numbers and you said it's getting better. So Joe Biden refuses to call it a crisis. It's the non-crisis. But then again, how can it be a non-crisis and also getting better? Now, he won't call it a crisis, but he's eager to try and portray it as getting better. Well, if everything's all hunky-dory at the border... What is there to get better? It's interesting. So Joe Biden refuses to call it a crisis. He refuses to acknowledge it as a crisis and refuses to fix it. In fact, he's enacting policies to make it worse. I've walked through this on the podcast before, but I want to hammer it home. Just so you understand, we have total amnesty. Total amnesty for fraudulent asylum seekers. Let me explain what I mean by that. An illegal alien walks across the border. They don't have to run away from from ICE or, or Border Patrol anymore, they're actually trying to get caught because on the Mexican side of the border, they've been coached often by the United Nations or other non-NGOs, non-governmental organizations, on how to apply for asylum. And even if they don't qualify, how to game the system. So illegal aliens aren't running away anymore. They're trying to get caught and they have these little scripts in their hand and they read off their script and say, I am in fear for my life. I'm seeking asylum. Once they say those magic words, the United States is legally obligated to enter them into the asylum process. The problem is, so many damn illegal aliens have been gaming the system like this, it's all gummed up. It, the, the system was never designed to have an asylum claim for every single migrant that crosses our border, every single illegal alien who crosses our border. So the result is, and this is actually an old statistic, it's probably worse than that, the average wait time to get a, a court hearing on your asylum claim is two years. Now, it's probably worse than that. Some cases, they don't even give you a date. It's just open-ended. So what happens is the illegal aliens are crossing the border. They're actively seeking out Border Patrol. They want to get caught. They read off the script, say, I'm fearing for my life, even though they're really not. They're not being targeted because of their identity, their, their name, their religion, right? They're, they're not being persecuted. They just don't want to live where they used to live. 
So they try and get caught. They say the magic words. Then the Border Patrol does one of two, uh, three things, technically. If they have a criminal record or they're suspected of being a criminal, they can detain them. Now, that, that'll happen sometimes. There's not enough detention facilities for all of them. So they'll detain who they can. The other two options are they either release you with, with what's called an NTA, a notice to appear. That is a piece of paper that says you are you are commanded to appear in court on this date for your deportation hearing. Well, what's your asylum hearing and your deportation hearing? Because if you lose your asylum hearing, you get slapped with a deportation order. But we also, as, as we've talked about on the show, a lot of the illegal aliens who are being released do not receive notices to appear because there's just too many of them. So what happens to them is Border Patrol releases them and says, okay, whatever city you're going to, make sure you turn yourself in when you get there, notify them, and they will give you a court date. Yeah, th that's how stupid all of this is, how idiotic it is to presume that an illegal alien, after illegal, illegally crossing the border, would then turn themselves in at whatever city they intend to live in long term. It'll never happen. So those are the three things that basically happen to illegal aliens when they're apprehended. So when you get that notice to appear, well, let's just focus on that. The notice to appear, you are obligated to show up for your court hearing if you're an illegal alien. Most of them don't. Like the ones who are filing the fraudulent claims, which is almost all of them, they don't show up because they know, hey, I'm not really being persecuted for my religious beliefs or or fleeing uh, a rape or or genocide or ethnic cleansing, anything like that. I'm not actually in fear for my life. I'm not being persecuted. I don't have a real asylum claim. So they don't show up to the hearing. So they the hearing goes on anyway in absentia as long as they've gotten a notice to appear. Any illegal alien that's released without a notice to appear doesn't have a hearing because they're not even in the system. But the ones who get the NTAs, they don't show up and they get ruled, they get, their claim gets denied because obviously they're not there and the judge issues a deportation order. I'm grossly simplifying it, but this is how it works. Issues a deportation order. Then it's up to either the government to track that person down or that, or that illegal alien to voluntarily self-deport. Every day that illegal alien remains in the United States after that deportation order has been issued. They're supposed to be levied a $500 fine, $500 per day. That's supposed to be an incentive to get them out of the country. So you can understand that when an illegal alien has been in the country for years, those fines accrue and they have hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. So under all the previous amnesty plans, those illegal aliens would never be allowed to get amnesty or citizenship until they paid those fines. But here's what Biden did just this past month, right? It's May now, but in April. He got rid of the fines. He suspended the fines. He abolished them. He rescinded them. Not only for new illegal aliens who defy their deportation orders and illegally remain in the United States, but anyone who had fines outstanding. So just to sum it up, the illegal aliens deliberately get caught by Border Patrol, lie through their teeth to get released. They get released into the country. They don't show up to their deportation hearing when they actually happen. The judge orders them removed from the country. And when they refused, and when they refuse, Biden says they won't even be fined for it. Oh, and he's also said no deportation. So there's not going to be ICE agents out looking for them either. That's what I mean when I say this is total amnesty. We have never seen anything like this before. Even when you had catch and release under Obama, people were still being fined. They were still being deported when they were caught. Under Biden, there's none of that. It's not happening. It's complete total amnesty. You get in, you're going to get to stay. And eventually, Democrats hope that they're going to pass an amnesty bill and they're going to legalize all these people, give them citizenship, make them American, make them American citizens, put them on the voter rolls. That's their plan. 
That's total amnesty right now. Everything except for the legal status. So how do you fix it? Well, you do you can do a lot of things that Trump did, right? You build the wall. What they're saying is a lot of the illegal border crossings are actually happening in the gaps in the wall, which is what we said we predicted weeks ago. We had we had a, a, an expert on the show talking about border wall construction, and those gaps, illegal aliens, traffickers are just going to follow the wall, walk along the the miles of the wall, and as soon as they see the gap where the construction was halted, they're just going to cross at the gap. Why climb the wall and risk breaking your legs if you fall? Right when you can just walk to the end and, and just cut in and take one step and you're on U.S. soil. So you could build a wall that would fix it. Right, you can do the remain in Mexico bit. That was what Trump did to try and get around some of these loopholes in the law. But the bill I want to talk about is actually shockingly enough, it's a bill written by Lindsey Graham. Yeah, I, I know. It's a Lindsey Graham bill, and it doesn't include amnesty. Again, blow your mind. It's called the Secure and Protect Act. It's the Secure and Protect Act. So we're going to go through this bill and just I'm going to explain to you some of the key proponent, the key components of it. But before I do, I have to ask everyone, if you're watching on Facebook, you got to give us a thumbs up. We have 71 people watching right now at this moment. It's, it's a weekend show and they're throttling us. We only have five thumbs up. We need to bump those numbers up. I need more thumbs up. So hit the thumbs up if you haven't already and comment, comment, comment so we can bust through the algorithm and reach more people. On DLive, commenting is key. Make sure you comment and make sure, if you can, please do consider donating. We really do appreciate it. Okay, so this is the bill, the Secure and Protect Act. Again, it's written by Lindsey Graham, and it would do a number of things, but the three things I want to talk about today that it would do are as follows. Number one, the Secure and Protect Act would hire 500 immigration judges. To work through that backlog I talked to, remember, the notices to appear, it takes over two years for the average illegal alien to go from being released into the country under catch and release to actually going before a judge if they show up. Hiring 500 immigration judges would work through that backlog and actually expedite the process so that people who are bona fide asylum seekers, they can have their claims adjudicated pretty quickly. And the fraud, we can, we can root that out very, very quickly as well. So it's a simple bill. And, and, and listen, we, there's lots of things I could propose to end the border crisis that would not be bipartisan in any way, shape, or form, right? Like immediate deportations, um, build the wall, dig a moat and fill it with alligators. Like lots of things like you could probably do to deter illegal immigration. It would never pass in a bipartisan manner. These three things I'm talking about, bipartisan fixes, bipartisan fixes. So hire 500 immigration judges. So instead of 730 days to reach a courtroom, it'd probably take a couple weeks. Yeah, take a couple weeks. And not only would that ensure that the legitimate asylum seekers get their claims heard, but it would weed out the fraud. The second thing that the Secure and Protect Act would do is it would change what's called the Flores Settlement. The Flores Settlement was, I believe, in the 1980s. It was a settlement. Immigration groups sued the federal government and said it is not just. It is not just to keep illegal alien kids locked up for longer than 20 days. Illegal alien kids. So what did that what did that settlement mean? That settlement meant that if you came with a family unit, you only really had two options. Yeah, oh, three options. You could separate them. You could lock up the adult, lock up the kid, and the kid would have to be released after 20 days. But if the adult's still locked up, that's a huge problem, right? That's the, that's the child separation that the left went after Trump for. The other thing is you could actually, I guess, 
detain them together, but then you run the risk of putting children in detention centers with adults. And when they've tried that, the kids end up getting molested and abused. So they don't want to do that. The only other alternative is that you release them into the country. So, so the smugglers know this. The smugglers understand this Flores settlement and how it's basically a get out of jail free card. So there is a whole trade. It's a trade, a slave trade in Mexico. It's underground, but you can buy and sell children. Not making this up. Buy, sell children for the express purpose of getting into the United States and forcing Border Patrol to release you. Basically, the, an illegal alien adult says, hey, I need a kid. They pay money, thousands of dollars to the smugglers. They buy a kid. They walk across the border, deliberately get caught. They seek out Border Patrol and they say, oh, I'm a father. This is my son or my, my daughter. Family unit, don't have, they can't really logistically detain you. So they release you. So what happens to that kid? Kid usually gets sent back to be used as another, um, like trafficked kid or just gets left there. Yeah. There are kids. They're just being left in the middle of the desert. They've been bought by some wealthy person who wants to sneak across. And once they get across, they get left in the desert to die. Yeah. This is, this is happening and it's happening because of the Flores settlement. So the other thing that the secure and protect act would do is get rid of the Flores settlement. Instead of 20 days, illegal alien children would be allowed to be detained for up to 100 days. Now, this might seem like it is inhumane, but let me explain why this is important. It would allow, it, it would keep the family units together. So the bona fide families, it would create detention centers for parents and children to be detained together for up to 100 days. That means that instead of keeping the parent locked up and releasing the child out to some distant relative in the country, the family stay together, which is what the Democrats claim they want. They want family reunification. It would do that, but it would also give 100 days for the federal government to process that asylum claim. You know, the one I said that the 500 new judges would, would work to get rid of the backlog? That gives them 100 days, 100 days to process the asylum claim. That gets rid of catch and release, right? The whole purpose of catch and release is that we can't we can't keep them in detention. And even if we could, it takes too long to hear their cases. So it's not worth it. We can't keep someone locked up for two years. So yeah, a hundred days. Families get to stay together and it gives the federal government the ability to root out the fraud and to kick out the ones that are using traffic children pretending to be a parent. Common sense. This is common sense stuff. Three, it would redefine what it means to have a credible fear of persecution. Asylum is supposed to be a very sacred thing. Oftentimes, asylum seekers are confused with refugees. In many ways, they can be similar. But asylum seekers, in order to claim asylum in the United States, you have to be able to articulate and prove that you have a credible fear of persecution. Not just that you live somewhere where there's violent crime, not just that you live somewhere where there's gangs in the street, that if you were to go back to where you come from, you would be killed because of who you are. Meaning you are someone important enough or you are someone who belongs to a specific class, whether it be a religion, an ethnicity, um, socioeconomic, whatever. You would be killed if you step one foot back into your home country. That's what it means to be incredible fear of individualized persecution. Well, under the Democrats, under Biden, they've completely bastardized that definition. Today, you can claim to be under credible fear of persecution if you're worried about being raped. Now, listen, it's a, it's a real fear. 
right? I'm not belittling people who are afraid of being raped wherever they live, but that's not a credible fear of individualized persecution. That's not the same as saying that if you go back, you're going to be strung up and, and killed as part of a genocide, right? Or th that there's ethnic cleansing. If, and if you walk back there, you're the wrong ethnicity. They'll just murder you. Living in a high crime area is not a golden ticket to come to the United States. But being raped, being abused by your spouse. Again, spousal abuse, terrible. I don't endorse spousal abuse. Spousal abuse is disgusting. But when you actually look at the statistics worldwide, worldwide, one in every three adult women have experienced domestic abuse. I'm not talking verbal. I'm talking about physical violence. One in every three. Yeah, that's a huge number. But realize the world's a very big place and there's a lot of places that are a lot of less, I don't want to say civilized isn't the right word, but you wouldn't expect sub-Saharan Africa to have the same laws protecting women and wives as you would see in the United States. It just, it just happens. So you can't say to the world's women, one in every three of you have the right to just come to the United States. No, as horrible as domestic abuse is, it is not your golden ticket to come here. It is also not provable. Imagine someone shows up and says, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get abused by my spouse. spouse. One, how do you even prove they have a spouse? Right? A lot of these places, they don't have great records. I've talked about this on the podcast before when it comes to the travel ban. The reason that Trump implemented that travel ban, which, huh, funny enough, Joe Biden just issued it against India. Notice how the mainstream media is not attacking him the way they attacked Trump last year when he shut down travel to and from China. Well, Joe Biden just did the same for India, but he, I, I guess he's a xenophobe now. We'll, ha we'll have to see how the media reports on it. But we've talked about this with the, with the different travel bans. When Trump restricted travel from Somalia, it wasn't because he hated Somalians. It was that Somalia is a failed state. It doesn't have a real country. It doesn't have a real government. It has a government. The government doesn't control its territory. There's warlords that control different areas of the country. The government does not have a central repository where our border patrol agents can ping it to find someone's identity, to find someone's marriage record. So if someone shows up from, a, and Somalia is obviously the worst case, but it's not that much better when it comes to record keeping in Central America. Remember, the left calls these people undocumented for a reason. They don't have the documents. They're deliberately not bringing the documents. They don't want you to know who they are. So how do you prove that an undocumented person is even married? And two, even if they are married, how do you actually prove that they were beaten? You can't prove that. Our border patrol, it's, it's hard enough for police officers to prove spousal abuse here in this country. How can a border patrol agent or any immigration court in this country possibly adjudicate a claim of domestic abuse half a world away where we don't even know the other partner's name? It's not possible, right? Democrats know this. So they claim, oh, well, we have to protect women of, of domestic abuse. Any domestic abuse is shameful. It's disgusting. It should be eradicated. But they've designed it in a way to make sure that the asylum process can be as, as abused as physically possible. So the next part of the Secure and Protect Act would change the definition of a credible claim, a fear of persecution, and it would do it in a, a very intelligent manner. So I mentioned the whole Somali bit. Every month, there are somewhere between hundreds and in, in really bad months, even thousands of illegal aliens claiming asylum who are from Africa or Asia or some other non-American continent. So not Central America, not South America. This is happening. Asian, Southeast Asian, even some European and African 
illegal aliens are turning themselves into Border Patrol and claiming that they have a credible credible fear of persecution. Well, let's just let's just expand this a little bit. Let's say that someone in let's just use Somalia as the example. Someone in Somalia shows up at the border and says, I have a credible fear of persecution. If I go back to Somalia, they're going to murder me. Well, realize that that Somali national flew, either flew from Somalia. Now, chances are they didn't have the money to fly. But let's just assume the, the best, the, the easiest travel itinerary. They flew from Somalia to somewhere on the west coast of Africa. So they've been to another country. Did they apply for asylum there? No, they didn't. Why? Because they don't want to live there. They then fly from the west coast of Africa to usually um, either Argentina or Brazil. Did they apply for asylum in Brazil? No. They then walk from Brazil all the way through South America and Central America, not applying for asylum in any of those other countries and only applying for asylum in the United States. So what Graham, Lindsey Graham's Secure and Protect Act would do is it would prohibit any illegal alien from applying for asylum unless they also applied for asylum in every single other country they went through on their journey to the United States and had already been denied there. This is an important clarification because if you are from Somalia and let's just say you didn't fly, you walked. That's, that's a crazy thing, but you walked from Somalia all the way across Africa to some West Coast um, African nation. And then let's say you walk through five or six more countries, however many. Under Graham's bill, you would be required to apply for asylum in every single one of those countries and wait to be denied before you would be allowed in the United States. And it's, it makes common sense. If let's just take that, let's just take it out of it. Let's just say it's Guatemala. I don't want to have to count the number of countries coming from Africa. It's a lot. Let's just say Guatemala. If you're in Guatemala and you say, I am in fear for my life. If I go back to Guatemala because of who I am, because of what, what God I pray to, I will be murdered in my sleep. I'll be exterminated. Well, that person, as soon as they enter Mexico, they no longer have a credible fear of persecution because Mexico, people, the different um, organizations, criminals in Mexico, they aren't persecuting them. Right? So why, why aren't they applying for asylum in Mexico? Well, because they don't want to live in Mexico. They want to live in the United States. They don't actually have a credible fear of persecution. They're just using this as a tool to get into the United States. So Graham's bill, as I said, the Secure and Protect Act would require that illegal aliens apply for asylum in every single country they walk or fly through and be denied there before they would be eligible to even apply for American, American asylum. And it's common sense. Now, what it gets rid of is what's known as asylum shopping. And we saw this with the Syrian civil war. Now, people fleeing legitimate civil war, terrible, right? I, I, feel, I, I feel for them. I really do. But what we saw is that they didn't just want to live in Turkey. They didn't just want to live in Lebanon. They didn't just want to live in Jordan. They wanted to come to Europe. They wanted to come to America. It's called asylum shopping. They, they want to live somewhere very specific. They're not just trying to f get away from what's trying to kill them. They want to go somewhere very, very specific. Now, in some cases, they have family members who live there and they want to be near family. But in a lot of cases, they just want to live somewhere else. So even in that case where you have people legitimately fleeing genocide, you still have that same kind of asylum shopping where they'll, the migrants will walk from Syria, from Turkey, all the way through Europe. They'll walk through all those countries. And the first one that they actually apply for asylum in will be France. 
Well, we have the same problem here in the United States with migrants, illegal aliens walking through Central America, South America. Yeah, if you were in fear for your life, then why didn't you immediately apply for asylum as soon as you were in another country? They don't have an answer for that because it shows that their entire argument is bogus. It shows that it's completely bogus. So these are three things. Now, the bill would do a couple more things, but those are the three big ones. And they're common sense. And they're not controversial. Now, I, I guess the 100 days bit for detaining illegal alien families is controversial. But it's also good because you're not separating the families. Right? Let's just say that there's no fraud. That, that it's a real family. That is really related to each other. Father, son. If that father has a criminal record, that father will be detained and deported. And the son will stay in the United States. So the, the father will go, the son will stay. That's family separation. That's what the left claims that they're against. Under this proposal, under the Secure and Protect Act, a, a legitimately a criminal father and his son would be detained together and the United States would have up to 100 days to work out who they are, whether they should stay. And if the father is to be deported because he's a criminal, he can't just, re, he can't just come into the United States again after a criminal conviction, they would be deported together so that might seem heartless, but in that situation, it's better than the separation because they're going back home together and the family is still together. It's not separate, not broken apart. So yeah, a hundred days might seem controversial and maybe we can get it down to 60, hire more immigration judges. Let's get it down to 60, right? But that bit is actually humanitarian. And, and that's what this, that's what this is all about. This is, Mike in the comment section is calling Paris a shithole. Yeah, yeah, that, that's part of the reason. The, mi the migrant flows. Anyone been to the Eiffel Tower recently? I went in 2011, so uh, 10 years ago. But even then, right, obviously you had what was going on in Libya at the time. You had other issues. But even then, you walk around the Eiffel Tower and it's all Africans. All Africans just loitering around the Eiffel Tower. It was not a fun place to be around. And, and not, that's not a racist thing to say. It's just it, it, most people don't go to Paris to see the Eiffel Tower and be surrounded by a bunch of Africans who are also trying to pickpocket you. <laughs> most people don't en envision that when they go to Paris. And that's just a little bit. That's just one place. And that was 10 years ago for me. So yeah, it, it's bad in Paris. It's very, very bad. But here we can fix this. The, the, the non-crisis that Biden refuses to admit is a crisis. We can fix it in a humanitarian way that respects the rights of asylum seekers, bona fide asylum seekers, and swiftly deports the fraudulent ones. We can do it. The Secure and Protect Act would do it. Democrats don't want to pass it because they want fraudulent asylum seekers. They do. They don't want people to enter the United States. Um, they, they don't want to stop that. They want to bring as many in as possible. Why? When you look at the asylum bill they're pushing through, it will give amnesty to every illegal alien who is in the country at the time of passage. Even Barack Obama knew better. He said it like five years in the past. Anyone who was here before 2007, he, at least he knew, had good sense not to make it up until the moment of passage. Because if that happens, and, and maybe it won't, but Democrats are hopeful. They're, they're willing to wait us out. If that passes... Right. There's going to be a set of time between when it passes the House and Senate and when Joe Biden signs it. 
And in that period of time, whether it be a week, however long, you will see the biggest surge at the border you have ever seen in your life. It will be a madhouse because every single person, at that point, they're migrants. Once they cross the border illegally, they're illegal aliens. Every single migrant who wants to come to the United States will have a deadline. And if they get in before that deadline expires, they will be eligible for a pathway to citizenship. Step one pinky toe onto U.S. soil and you have amnesty, permanent, resi permanent residency, and a pathway to citizenship. That's why we're seeing the surge at the border we're seeing. There are people who, can, who are anticipating that legislation being signed into law. They want to get in beforehand. But if this starts moving its way through Congress and it, it starts passing and it, it starts looking inevitable, what we're seeing at the, at the border today, the crisis, will look like child's play. Right? This, this will look like nothing. It'll be 100 times worse, which is why we have to fix it now. We have to fix this system now. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but Lindsey Graham has a bill that would do it, the Secure and Protect Act. So we are running a fax blast today on this very, very simple bill, a fax blast on this to pressure Congress to do the right thing and pass it. Because right now, Congress is considering bills, immigration bills, that are just chock full of amnesty. They don't want to secure the border. They don't want to do any of that. They just want to give amnesty to the people already here. Well, you don't fix a broken immigration system that way. You don't fix a porous border. You don't fix asylum loopholes that way by rewarding the people who took advantage of the loopholes. No, that's not how it works. You have to fix the problem. And once we've fixed the problem, once we've secured the border, once we've stopped this asylum fraud that's flooding the system and, and gotten rid of catch and release and done all of that, then we can sit down and we can talk and say, what do we do with the illegal aliens who are already here? I'm sure that Republicans and Democrats can come up with a humanitarian solution that does not include adding them to the voter rolls. I think you can. I, I think it's very possible. But until you secure the border and ensure that this will never happen again, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Because this keeps happening over and over and over again. It happened in the 80s. Right? You had Ronald Reagan. They promised Ronald Reagan, if, if you give amnesty, we will give you border wall funding and we will never be in this position again. Well, Reagan signed the amnesty and the border wall never got built. So what happened? We, more illegal aliens came. In the 90s, more illegal aliens came until George W. Bush, president. He says, okay, we, we got to build the wall. We got to build a fence. And in exchange, I'll, I'll give some relaxed deportations. Well, George W. Bush relaxed the deportations. Congress passed the Secure Fence Act of 2004, but they never funded it. So U.S. law requires a border fence. But ever since 2004, Congress has refused to pay for it. Well, George W. Bush got, got, got uh, tricked. He gave them the amnesty and they held back the funding for the wall. Donald Trump offered. He said, listen, build the wall. And once the wall is built, we can talk about it. Fix the asylum loopholes. Once that's done, we can talk about it. They fought him tooth and nail. He was, he, we were fighting against Trump a lot of times because he was talking about a complete total amnesty, including a pathway to citizenship. Him and his people. We were fighting against him, but he was offering to give the Democrats everything they wanted, but they wouldn't do it because they wanted the border remains unsecure so that they could have to do this again in 10, 15 years so that more illegal aliens would come into the country. And then in 10, 15 years, they'd have to have another asylum, another amnesty giveaway. So Trump tried to build it alone. Joe Biden just canceled the funding. So now the border, border wall is not going to be finished. The human traffickers are actually smuggling people through the gaps. We know, we know why we're in this problem, uh, in this crisis, and we know how to fix it. And the Secure Fence Act 
and no, sorry, the Secure and Protect Act is one of the ways, a very simple bipartisan way to do it. So we are running a fax blast today. Link is in the description. And in DLive, it is in one of the panels. Please do consider joining the fax blast today. Put pressure on Congress to pass this. Because again, this is not a Freedom Caucus bill. This is a Lindsey Graham bill. It doesn't have everything we want, but it includes no amnesty. And yes, it includes those three basic things that would actually stop the crisis. So if you want to, please do consider joining our fax blast today and pushing for this. Because if we don't fix this and Democrats start pushing through amnesty, listen, if you, if you live north in the country, it might take a little while for you to experience it. But if that happens here in Texas, we will be overrun. It is not a joke. It is that we will be overrun. And every, every, the whole country will be overrun. But we'll experience it first. So we'll let you know how it's going. But we can stop it. Join the fax blots and help us do that today. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Um, usually we do history today. I want to try and do a deeper dive and explain the law, explain the crisis, and explain how to fix it. So that's what we did today instead of the history. If you like the podcast, please do consider um, donating. There's a donate link on Facebook, on DLive. On our, uh, we're only on Facebook and DLive today. For whatever reason, the other channels wouldn't work. Um, please consider donating. Uh, on DLive, you can donate lemons, help us grow the show, bring on more guests, bring on more shows. That's something we'd love to do. Going live a couple times a day with different shows, different themes to cover different things. And the only way we can do that is by donating. Another way to donate, again, join the Facts Blast. Make sure you sign up for our email newsletter. Link is in the description. You can also text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and you'll get added to our text alert system and get notified when we go live because Facebook doesn't really notify people anymore. So make sure you do that. Very, very important. We go live Monday through Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. So make sure you like and follow our Facebook page. Probably won't be going live on YouTube anymore, but follow, follow, subscribe anyway on DLive. So make sure you follow, and if you can, subscribe, and our own website. Um, you can also get the audio version of the podcast available on Apple Podcasts. Very, very important. If you have not given us a five-star review yet, please do leave us a review. We got one review. I loved it. Very nice. He only gave us four stars. Our average is 4.7. So... We want to bring that average up so that we can get more people listening to the podcast organically. And the way to do that is for you to leave that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. But if you don't have an iPhone, iPad, MacBook, that's fine. We're available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean. So that's going to be it for this edition of podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone. Remember that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together. <laughs>